Tervist! Minu nimi on Aleksander Eeri Laukmaa ja vaatate fotograafiska jutude teist hooaega ja esimest episoodi. Täna on minu külaliseks Soome-Ameerika fotograaf Arno Rafael Minkinen ja kuna tegemist on inimesega, kes ei ole veel eesti keelt oma esimese kahe siin veedetud päeva jooksul selgeks õppinud, siis vahetan nüüd ingliskeelele. Arno Rafael Minkinen, welcome! Thank you so much, Alexander. Nice to see you here and to join, join you in a conversation. It's uh, very, very nice uh, that you came here and uh, all of the people uh, watching at home, they can see your works uh, behind us. And one of the works that uh, really struck out to me uh, when I was watching your uh, exhibition yesterday was um, you have this photo of like uh, something like a rock and you have hands coming from uh, from between the rock and it's yeah. almost forming like a cross. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know the work I'm talking about? Yes. And next to it, you have, uh, you have some, um, some thoughts about your father yeah. and your father, he was, uh, he either wanted to be or, uh, was a Christian uh, missionary, right? Uh, his father was, his father was, Yes. and he was very much a religious man. Uh, totally. Yes. And so what I read from that was that uh, your father really wanted you to be a religious person also. Yeah. And his wish for you was uh, to become a missionary. Yes. And uh, he failed in that, right? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. But, um, but yes, he did. Yes. He failed. Yeah. And then you had that, uh, then you said that, um, but the, because he was born in Japan, yeah. there were some thoughts from the Zen tradition that uh, he was able to basically convey to you or that you yes. could feel a, uh, like a, um, a similarity to or something or right. a sympathy towards. Right. And the question that I got from that was that um, you have a son also and yes. uh, your son now is uh, 40 some years old, yes. right? And so if your father failed to uh, give his love for Christianity uh, and religion towards you, has there been anything that you have tried to make your son understand and he has uh, not been willing to do in the same manner? Yes, what a, what a, what a, what a, a brilliant and beautiful question. Uh, totally. I applaud the question very, very much. It's, well, thank it's, you. It's, 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 it's a significant question. One could write pages uh, in answer to that. Uh, and, and I love in, in, in particular that, that I'm now formulating in this very moment an answer for you, uh, which is, is, is like going down a trail in the woods that you've never been on before. Right? And, and uh, I would say in this regard, that just as I answered that I'm not sure in terms of my father, because what is it to be a missionary? Uh, yeah, there, there are issues about Jesus walking on water and things like that. And, and many, many questions regarding infinity and God. And I think those, those things he did penetrate to me, but, but the actual physical becoming a missionary, becoming a Lutheran pastor, you know, in, in, uh, uh, by going to the college where I did, I, I went on a scholarship uh, from the Lutheran Synod. Uh, I was a philosophy and religion major for the first year. And by the second year of college, I realized that I was free. 
I wasn't home anymore. And so for my son, Dan, uh, I think when he found freedom, he, he responded in the same way I did, that he wanted to take control of what he wants to do. And that maybe what I was trying to instill in him nonetheless penetrated, uh, but, but was rejected probably in the beginning. And that was, that was the, the, the love for art and the mm. love for, for photography. But now uh, he has, he has uh, moved in that direction, uh, but, but very cautiously because he recognizes that what a difficult trail that is. And unlike, say, my father, had I become a, a, a minister, because he was unable to do that. He came back as a 10-year-old to Finland. Uh, the world wars started. He went into the cavalry. Uh, you know, then we, you know, he immigrated, we immigrated to, to the United States. There was no room in his life to become the uh, minister that he wanted to become. Uh, and so he saw me as being that vehicle. So that's a little different because now it's the reverse of that in a way that I'm, I'm you know, this Minkinen guy who's a, got pictures around the world. And so my son looks at that and says, well, I don't want to be a Minkinen, I want to be myself. But he did go out uh, a few years ago on his own and drove around America and went to find these switchbacks. And it became a metaphor uh, for his life. He wanted to take control of his life and and he became a photographer on that trip. It was like he was headed away from me and the switchback became kind of a metaphor for returning back to art and looking at the world from an aesthetic point of view. That's very beautiful. Um, you've, I've heard you say on many occasions that uh, you remember, if I understood it correctly, you remember your first or second a cleft palate operation from yeah. when you were six months old. Yeah. Can you tell me something about that? Yeah, I could, yeah, glad, gladly, because it, I find it fascinating that, that I would remember so many details. Uh, and, and philosophically, the, the, the fact that it was six months, uh, there was one at four, and then there was one at six. And it had to be the, the one at six, because after that I also remember being driven home in a taxi cab of some sort uh, that had an oval window in it. And that was my first picture of the world that I remember. But, but in a similar shape, the, the shape of the ether bulb coming at me is the very first memory. And I'm, I'm thinking in my mind then that this is the end of my life. That is six months, this is it. I, I'm not going to survive. You know, it's kind of uh, what's what's melancholia, melancholia, the movie where the moon is coming close, things like that. Uh, and it must be then after that experience that the next thing I remember is being tied by the wrist to bedposts in a fairly tall mattress, uh, a green pipes around, kind of green. Uh, because I would be ripping the tape off of my, they had to do that. And then I remember being 
in, 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 uh, where the nurses were, were, were washing me uh, in a bathtub with a high ceiling. I was in the hospital for almost uh, half a year. Uh, for my mother, it was a really cathartic experience. She had to go see some help. So, so I never really bonded with my mother. She would bring milk bottles to the hospital, and it was about a year later that I, I got discharged. And so it must be that the accumulation of these memories with the nurses became, became a kind of a... Uh, and I, I, I mentioned that in last night's talk, that, that you know, the... That, that when, when I became like nine or ten years old, or even seven, somewhere around that time, but I would have fantasies about the nurses. You know, they, 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 they formed a kind of a, a mother figure for me. And out of that, I think, comes the work that I've made with women. Uh, I hold them. I, I, I you know, raise my hand over the water. Uh, I... I I have one picture in Paris of, of, of uh, her name is Isabel, uh, and I have my arms around her, but I don't touch her because she's not my wife, but, but, but it's I circle her. So it's a kind of a, a form of love. We don't see who she is, so she's a woman, she's clearly a woman. It's a very sensual, very wonderful photograph. I hope it survives in a Me Too world to be considered for what it is and not to be, you know, I'm not touching her. And certainly there's, there's permission given in a photograph like that because I have others with her as well. Are most of those memories of the nurses uh, positive? Were they Very nurturing, positive. not uh, not? Well, they, when they, they, you know, if they scolded me or spanked me or something like that, they must have done. But still in a loving way. In a loving wasn't, way. Wasn't abusive in no, any way. No, no, never, never violent. It was just, I, I probably needed to be touched, you know. It is something that is, um, has been said many times that in native traditions, uh, in native cultures, a baby from the time when he or she is born yeah. up until to five years old is skin against skin with other people 95% of their time. For, for the first five years. 95% of the time is skin against skin. Oh, and in our culture, yeah. it's like five to 10% maybe. Like, so it's something that we deeply, deeply crave, especially yeah. as children, but so often, especially if you're sick or happen to be in a hospital, you're, uh, you don't have that. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and well, especially now with the COVID, I mean, the people who are dying alone, it's, it's, it's really tragic. Yeah, as a, as a child, uh, with other children, whether in Finland or uh, when you emigrated to the States, when five, six years old you were? Yeah. Yes. Uh, how were other children uh, taking to you? I think I was bullied. Uh, uh, they couldn't understand why I didn't speak English. Uh, they, they, uh, I, I remember just, you know, uh, kids pointing to trees. <laughs> For my nose and what happened here, so they, you know, I, I, and I also noticed throughout my teenage and adult life, even if I'm on a, I go on a train, a subway in New York or something like that, and there's a little kid there, kids staring at me, you know, and it, it was my mother who had such difficulty with that. Uh, 
that that uh, she would always, throughout the, her, her whole life, would always be be criticizing and and why do you you know? It, it was always like uh, it, it was always this this reacting one one way of expressing this would be. We had this old car when we first came. They didn't have very much money. And it was a 1939 Chevrolet uh, Deluxe, it was called. Uh, and we were three boys, you know. I was the youngest of the, uh, of, of the kids, brothers. And whenever we came home with the car, right before we would have to park the car and get out and go into the... My mother always had me duck. You know, to go in the back seat uh, on the floor. And, and I never understood that until later in life when I, I started to write about this. And, and I wondered, well, maybe it was that, that we weren't supposed to be such a big family. And that made some sense, you know, that we were in a smaller apartment and maybe there were some rules she was worried about. But then why was it always me? That I never understood, other than this. So, so the story of the cleft palate is really one that we don't hear that much about it when it comes to uh, uh, kids who are after six, seven, eight, ten, especially as a teenager, what it means when you play a game of spin the bottle, you know, and and. You know, I had one experience like that. Yeah, we went into a kitchen. She was beautiful. I got kissed on the cheek. Yeah. Uh, so those those things, uh, they they ought to be. I think they they could be some, and I'm 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 working in those areas right now myself to develop something, which is a film. Actually, I've written a script, and. Uh, with, with the ambition of a feature film, uh, which is a little bit more than that because there's some production already going on for that. But the point of it is that, that it's very important that the surgeries are happening around the world and, and, and Smile Train and, and, and a number of these charities are operating so that people get repaired. And they can be prepared much better now than they were in my, my days. Because one of the reasons why I ask that is yeah. I know I was a ruthless child. Uh -huh. So if I would have gone to school with you, I would have bullied you relentlessly. Because I, I was so mean. I was, <laughs> if I would see something that I could pick on somebody, I would just like go for it. Yeah. And, it's, uh, and because children can be very ruthless and very yeah. mean, and much more so than adults. Because adults, yeah. they can hide. If, even yeah. if they don't like something, they can yeah. put, a, put a mask on. But children never do that. And uh, the reasoning behind my question why I'm asking about this is because it would be such an easy way to develop resentment against the world, against other people, against women. Yeah. And when I listen to you speak, when I look at your work, uh, especially with the work with, uh, with the women that you yeah. were talking about yeah. before, I see no resentment. I see love, I see tenderness, I yeah. see caring. And so I'm very curious to know how come those experiences didn't leave you resentful against the world, against your mother, against other people? I think this has something to, and this, I've, never, I've never seen an analyst or 
psychologist or have no therapy whatsoever in my life. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. I, I mean, I think that that's probably a wise thing to do you know, when when it's needed. But but I've I've not wanted to have that analyzed because I didn't want to I didn't want to know for sure why. I love the mystery of why I feel the way I feel because it, it feels so authentic. And it you know if I was told that well it was because the the nurses really did love you. you something happened then, and, and that's now normalized. That then, then the, that mystery of why would, would become more ordinary. And, and you know, I, 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 I need to live in a magical world, you know. Uh, and I take great pleasure from that. And I think I create out of that, both visually and hopefully with words and other, other tools. Yeah, that is very beautiful. It's like, because if there isn't a problem, there is no need to start finding out why there isn't a problem. If there was a problem, that would, that would be like, a, go and try to find out what it's about so you can fix it. But yeah. if everything is uh, so good, then yeah. I, there That's, is... and I, I, like, I appreciate that, that you know, comment on, on, on that uh, area because it, it, um, it gives me permission to continue. Yes. <laughs> not, not to find out. Because one of the, when I look at all of your work, and now there has been like more than 50 years, uh, am I right, yes. from the first uh, self-portrait, so-called yeah. self-portrait yeah. that you took. So more than 50 years. Yeah. And you've continued in a very similar way. It's, it's like the theme is the, or I'm, I'm not even sure like what, what to call it because the work is always growing, but the theme is very similar. Like you can, yeah. you have photos next to each other that are like 2014, and 1974, and if it wasn't for the slight uh, difference in the detail, yeah. because uh, film has gotten better and yeah. digital has gotten better and so on, if it wasn't for that, you wouldn't be able to tell which one is which. And it's very beautiful. But what I'm, uh, yeah. what I'm trying to figure out, and I don't know if I can, is that uh, is, there, is there something you're trying to look for on your photos? Or is there something that you're trying to solve? Or is there like a, a mystery that you're like looking a key, a key to? Because what I'm seeing is that, and this might be completely my absolutely wrong interpretation, yeah. and you tell me what you think about that. But it's like you're always positioning your naked body in, uh, within nature. Right. And it's, uh, it's almost as if you're trying to, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, so tell sure. me if I'm completely wrong. But it's almost like you're trying to see yourself just as natural as the mountains are, the seas, a river is, or whatever. Just trying to see yourself as a part of nature, with no judgment, with uh, with nothing else. Just a piece of piece of nature, and it uh, seems as if it's something uh, that, uh, like for me, if I was. Uh, if I, I felt very uh, different as a child, or if I felt that like maybe when my mother tries to hide me, or you t t uh, talked about the fact that your mother really, really wanted a daughter, yeah. right? And if I would feel as a child that, oh, maybe people don't want to see me, or my mother doesn't want to accept me, or people look at me in a different way, right. then I would really, really want to, like there would be a deep yearning to see myself just as a part of nature just as, as something as natural as everything else with no judgment. That's also a very beautiful and, and original uh, uh, 
analysis, to use the word, uh, of the imagery and of the body of work that, that, is, uh, uh, that has a continuity uh, that I never anticipated. Uh, it, it's not a project. It's not a, uh, you know, okay, it doesn't have a beginning anymore. It doesn't have a middle or an ending the way projects might have. And then you do something else. And, and I've allowed it to just happen. Uh, and in the same way that I didn't want to know what's, why do I love women uh, re- relative to, to uh, my childhood, part of, me, part of me almost doesn't want an explanation for this either. However, I have to tell you that it, it's, it's a great joy when, when an image pops up that, that uh, appears to me to be something I never saw before. Uh, and when it happens in nature, especially when, when I do become kind of a tree or a limb off of a tree, uh, or, or I'm in the water and I'm on that rock that the fly lands on, that, that, it, that it feels correct. Uh, and, and as I've uh, once stated in, in, in another program, that, that if we saw ourselves in that manner, and this means now, this tells me uh, there's the time to introduce why I uh, don't have clothes on. It's in the nature pictures where if I had clothes on, it, it wouldn't work. So it's that nakedness of the human body and the nakedness of the forest, the nakedness of the waters, the snow, all of those, that, that gives an answer, I think, to the fear of death. Because now I can say, all right, that tree is going, that birch tree is falling into the water. I'm going to go with it, right? And it's not so frightening, right? It's not like it, it belongs to, to the process. And do I, need it? do I need the explanation of religion that my father wanted me to have uh, as an answer to, to the fear of death? is the way I see it. The religion's function was that, so that we would have comfort when, when we're, and, and that we would look at a heaven that exists somewhere else, uh, whereas I see the heaven existing in the beauty of nature. I think that's whatever produced these things for us is where we belong. And, and it's cliche to say heaven on earth, but, but it's kind of true. And so, so this, this continuity in the work is driven by the continuity of nature. It's driven by the, the sort of uh, way of working that, you know, I use this terminology, um, make it different, keep it the same. And, and that keep it the same is, is the body, the, 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 the surreal, the never seen before, something fresh, something new, something surreal. You know, uh, make it different. Go out west. Go to Russia. Go to you know. Find find different terrain. Find places where you've not been. Work with water from underneath. You know, there's still so many. Even on the place where we live in Foster's Pond, it has so many nooks and crannies. It's a kind of wildlife refuge. I say to myself sometimes, I say, I see an area where I should go exploring, and I say, I'll do that next year so that I don't swallow up everything that's there. 
I don't want to become so familiar with the place that, that I'm done there. Beautiful. Me võtame siit ühe väikse reklaamipausi ja juba mõne minuti pärast oleme tagasi. Ja oleme pausilt tagasi. Minu nimi on endiselt Aleksander Eeri Laupmaa ja minuga siin endiselt Arno Rafael Minkinen. So Arno, you have also been a teacher for quite a long time now, right? And what would you say makes a good teacher and what makes you a good teacher? I think I think maybe maybe uh, there there's an image that uh, I could point to, which which is this picture uh, made at Narragansett while I was a student of Harry Callahan. Uh, Aaron Siskin was also there teaching at his Rhode Island School of Design. So when I was a graduate student, uh, uh, you, you look you look to the teachers that you had. I think to to answer this question first, and in college where where. Both uh, my wife Sandy and I were, were, were in the same program. We were both English majors. And I had an English uh, uh, professor who, who uh, was really strict. Uh, everybody like <laughs> put the fear of God in you. Um, uh, Dr. Kenderson was his name. And, and uh, uh, I, I wrote a short story once uh, in, in, in one of his classes. And it was full of red marks everywhere. You know, and I looked. Oh God! You know, it's terrible. And, and then I look at the at the bottom of the of, of the where the grade is, and it was an A. It was an A, which is the highest grade you can get. And it had all these corrections. And he he saw through the things that I could learn as those you'll solve. But I'm grading for you, for your mind, and for your ability to write. And this is such a great question. I'm answering it in a way I've never answered it because I'm, you, you give me questions that allow me to, to dig deeper. So I take that model instead of the model I was going to give you about Harry. Harry. Uh, but Harry had the same way. He, he saw in the way that I worked that it was different from the others. They would all put like 20 pictures across the board every two weeks and they'd map them and frame them. But my work was so difficult to make. Not that it wasn't difficult for everybody else, but I, I wanted to please him. I had lost my father just a couple of years before. He became my father figure. And, and I noticed that he always loved to like walk the, the wall to see everybody's pictures and then he would sit down and say something. So I figured, all right, well, if I only have two pictures, why don't I put one over here and one over here? So he could walk. And he liked that. And later, you know, we'd go out drinking sometimes with the whole group after he'd join us. And he pulled me aside one time and he just said, I like the way you're working. Don't change it. Meaning, don't emulate how other people, don't worry that you don't have 20 pictures every two weeks. But just the way Dr. Kenders, don't worry about the grammar and the, those things. I'm correct. I'm giving you a grade to encourage you. And I think a great teacher is someone who, 
who sees that in students, doesn't take off for lateness, doesn't take off for all the things that could, yeah, you could say, all right, you missed it, maybe it won't do so well in the exam, if it's a history of photography, for instance. But, but, but appreciate their mind and their, 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 their ability to, to astonish themselves. Uh, this idea of self-astonishment, uh, the terminology comes from another great uh, professor who was a dean of, of a school in Switzerland where I was teaching for 10 years on a visiting basis in, in Veve. And he, he, he said, he put it the same way, I want to see you astonish yourself. Don't astonish me. Astonish yourself, because when you astonish yourself, you are seeing that you're, you have a capability. And so this, this idea of, of, of student work and honoring it, I think, is where maybe my abilities shine as a teacher. Uh, that that I, I don't tell a student, oh, this is great and that's great, but if it's all that great, then don't throw a butt at it and take it all away just because you're the teacher. Mm, Allow the so student to astonish themselves, right? They'll, they'll see those. Errors. That is very interesting what you're saying because most people would say that the way to teach is to say like, oh, you have like a gift in this, keep on going with that and it's very good and you have blah, 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 all that. And then they would say, but if you want to get better, then this is not that Absolutely, good. Absolutely, yeah. I'm, I'm in the that's minority. A very, that's a very totally interesting Totally in the minority answer. about that. You know, and I have, some, I have had problems with colleagues who think differently and say, no, we have to be strict with students and, you know, Tell them what, what could be improved. Sometimes what happens when, when I use this approach, I, I, I get a rapport with a student that lasts a long time. And I've got some great students that have done really, really well. Um, but the student comes to you afterwards, especially if it's in a public situation, you don't embarrass a student. Uh, they come to you and say, what could I do? That could, you know, how, how could I solve this? Something I'm not happy with here. So oh, let's talk about that, right? Maybe, maybe, you know, like, like I looked at someone's work just recently uh, and, and she was photographing herself with, with, with a llama, right? And she wanted to, she loved this llama. Uh, I don't know much about llamas, but, and, and, and I, I looked at the pictures and I said, you know, I wish you could get a little closer to the llama. And she said, oh, yeah, yeah you're, you're a little bit distant. It seems like you really like llamas. I don't know what the pictures would turn out looking like, but maybe, maybe the, the problem is your tripod. Maybe you should make the llama be uh, more friendly with your tripod. Why don't you just put the tripod out there and let the, you know, put some things that can lick off of it and get to really like the tripod. Then put the camera on the tripod and, and arrive with that. And maybe, maybe the llama won't run away when you're coming with, the, with your big, big equipment. So it's that kind of finding another way around to, to help the student rather than out of fear or out of, okay, you know, spelling errors. <laughs> that may be one reason. Uh, if you take a student that is talented, uh, what would you say is the number? If, if, if a student. Uh, sorry, if you have a student that is talented, yeah. you have a talented student, what would you say is the number one thing that holds them back?
I, I think I think it's it's a lack of confidence. You know that they they they're, they're trying to prove it to themselves all the time. Uh, but but in a way, I think it's maybe a necessary thing. Uh, the the lack of confidence, I think, is a healthy thing. Uh, because otherwise you get surly and you get like, okay, I'm the best in the class, and you know. Because out of out of that lack of confidence, I think I think the energy to to solve it is part of the creative process. Uh, I don't know how it is in other fields. So this is in an art art sense. Uh, I'm not, I'm not confident at all. I don't, you know. When I put the picture I took yesterday morning up in, in my lecture, I, I wasn't sure if it was any good. Uh, I, I didn't mind. I didn't mind making a mistake when I. Uh, some of the students saw me make this picture in in in, in uh, maroon bells in uh, Aspen. If I had failed, uh, it would have. I would have hated to have failed the picture, but I know that. It would have had a, a great lesson. They would see that it's okay uh, to not succeed, and 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 maybe the, the the really talented person suffers because they 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 think they need to constantly prove it. And and I would just say, cool it. You know, you're good. You know, and 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 uh, and maybe help some other people out a little bit. So get get away from yourself, so you, so you can calm down. But if you're going to be Beethoven, then okay, then you have to live like Beethoven, and you know, or, or Kandinsky or something. So, you know, um, uh, and Kandinsky, like, I don't know so much about Kandinsky, but but I think that the process of of this continuity and this collectiveness, I. I I would say that for myself, I wish, I wish I had evolved into other territories, but I haven't been able to do that. Uh, and and so my body of work, it really will never end until I do, and it'll probably always be this thing that it is. Uh, but I'm not confident about it. Uh, you, you talked about the photo that you showed us yesterday that you made in Tallinn. Yeah. Uh, do you feel more naked showing strangers that photo? Or do you feel more naked when you show somebody a photo of you actually naked in like 1976, but that you already know from 50 or 45 years that it's a good photo? Which one makes you feel more naked? Using naked now, how you're describing it yes. would be the one I showed yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it would be that one. Uh, you know, when 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 a picture has been anointed by publication, if it's on a cover or a poster, and things like that, you know, I have to constantly remind myself that uh, you know I'm I'm hanging in a uh, uh, on a wall of posters with photographers I admire tremendously, or I'm in a gallery that has artists that, that are at the top of the history, uh, what am I doing there? You know, it, it's like, yeah, I could easily say it's a fluke. Uh, 
What is something important that you have changed your mind about in uh, the past, I don't know, 5, 10, 20, 30 years? Someone asked me yesterday, um, I don't know her, her name, um, but she asked me uh, about God and, and whether I have met God. It was a beautiful question, wasn't it? Have you ever met God? And, and I said that, uh, yes, uh, probably, you know, in the woods. When I look at the intricacy of nature especially, what's under a rock and all these little bugs are running around. Uh, but, but it's probably a different God than the one you're talking about. And I would say that if I had that kind of change, which I don't, I don't, that hasn't changed. I'm waiting for that. I'm, I, would, I would, you know, in a very Ingmar Bergman way, yeah, I would like to have that chess game with, with God. Um, and and uh, I also recently came up with this. I don't know if this I could be clear about this, but then I'll get to the answer of, but but just uh, uh, about infinity. I had this title of searching for infinity in the lecture, and I never really addressed it, uh, which was fine. But uh, I, I made this toy for Griffin uh, of a box that that completely sealed, so you don't. It, 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 there's no way to open it, and, and there's no way if you're in the box to get out. And so it's the same with infinity, right? We, there's no beginning, you know, there's no end. So you can't enter it. There's no place to enter. And if you were in it, there's no way to get out. So maybe it doesn't exist. Mm. And so that's a kind of a change. But but to the question you're, you're, you're talking about, I think, uh, I think I've become more tolerant, ultimately, of, of the people who, with whom I disagree very, very much. Uh, uh, and, and certainly there are certain segments of population where I can never see really agree. But I can be empathetic to, to people of different political persuasions because of where they've come from. You know, that, 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 that the key to, to solving some of the world problems has to be the, the, the addressing of diversity in a much more uh, emphatic way. And, and I, I wish I had entry points to working with black people and, you know, um, uh, Muslim people, uh, different cultures, that, 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 that I could expand that, that range in my work. Because I, I said, you know, I've got this one thing that I'd, I'd love to see it expand uh, at some point. Um, that, 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 that change... Of, of thinking, which we, you know, we, we all got kind of radicalized that, okay, this is the right way, that's the wrong way. To be just more empathetic would be, I think, one of those things that was a surprise to me. Uh, um, and, and maybe that comes out of the teaching also, that, 
you know, there's, there's, there's room for so many people of different persuasions. And, uh, and that was probably, the, the, you know, the background comes out of Brooklyn and living in a situation like that as well. But otherwise, I don't, I don't know of something more, more uh, concrete to say that, that the, my, my mind has changed. Uh, I'm awaiting uh, for something like that, and I want to be open to it. Okay, I'll ask you a different question. It's okay. kind of from the same genre, sure. but a bit different. Uh, what are the most important things to you right now, and what were the most important things to you 50 years ago? 50 years ago? Yeah. 50 years ago, uh, the most important thing was to pick up on that short story that Dr. Kenders uh, is metaphorically saying. Uh, gave me an A for uh, to 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 write short stories and then write a novel uh, and, and tell tell a story that I wasn't ready for. I, I I didn't have the maturity to become a writer at that point at all. Uh, and now the most important thing to me is to, to do exactly that. Uh, it's it's uh, it is this film. Uh, I finished the script this summer. Uh, it's a 120-page, two-hour uh, journey, a very uh, uh, exciting, adventurous, intriguing, I believe, kind of sexy film in a way uh, uh, that, that I want to see produced, I want to see it made, I want to direct. Um, it's autobiographical. Uh, I'd rather have it not be autobiographical, but that's where it's headed and probably where it makes the most sense. And, and that's my aspiration. Uh, that doesn't mean I stopped photographing and the fact that I had a picture from yesterday, uh, I, I definitely continue that as well. Uh, and on a more personal level, it's, it's that uh, my wife and I find find a place where we, we might uh, uh, find uh, a, a richer uh, cultural adventure. Uh, I'd love to see us come back to Europe. Uh, and again, I'm tolerant more of what's going on in America, but with the years remaining, it feels to me like uh, the Finnish American photographer that I am, that Finland comes first in that is correct. That that uh, I, I would like to take a, a, a bigger role in in uh, being a photographer in Europe, uh, continuing to teach, uh, uh, continuing to teach teachers, uh, not not just students, but to hold a workshop for teachers. Uh, and, and make a contribution as a writer on, on other people's work. I do a lot of that now. I'm writing on Facebook. Sometimes, you know, on, on one person's work over a period of a year, I'm always writing something. I research, I go and research history and I put it all down and it's, it's like a gift, you know. I, 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 other people, you know, have portfolio reviews. You pay money to find out what somebody thinks. I, I want to give it away free. Uh, uh, when I see something that I'm really so so uh, uh, rather than seeing life coming this way I want to see it go like that
we have about uh, five more minutes. I can ask you a few more questions. Wow. Um, do you see advice that is often given that you don't agree with? Whether it's by teachers or photographers or whoever? Um, nothing comes to mind other than the, the reverse of it when I was printing on glossy paper and uh, uh, my gallery, uh, Edwin, Edwin Hauck and uh, Barry Freeman at the time, uh, they said to me, you know, we, we, we like your work very much, but we don't like the paper you're using. Uh, <laughs> and, and so for a year I learned to print on matte surface. And I had a nice show, my first show in New York with them, and so I took the advice. Um, and they were correct? They were correct. Yeah, because you got, you got a sense of the body more. In the other, you had this glossy, uh, maybe it was more, more commercial-looking you know, type of work. Um, that's not a great example, but, uh, but you're searching for, the, for the, where, where, the, where the advice I didn't take. Uh, uh, it's my father, right? Uh, and and to, to, you know, with the minutes, few minutes we have, to go back to the picture I'm so happy you started with. You know, it's called Jesus in Japan, right? And, and the hands are, are, are it was a, a, a struggle to get them through. It's a bridge. I'm under a bridge in a Zen temple during the Kyoto Graphy uh, Festival. I was the only one who had gotten into a temple. Uh, I had to write to the monk. And I wrote a letter in handwritten Japanese uh, this pen, reed pen, uh, why I wanted to have this show there. And I wrote it without a mistake. <laughs> and it was wrapped up this way, and I got the, the, the Zen monk appreciated that. I even made a self-portrait with the monk and uh, with, with his uh, granddaughter. Um, and, and they allowed me to, to photograph in the gardens before we put the show into the temple. And so this was one of the pictures that I made in, in, the, in, in the garden. And I wished that my father was still. That is very, very beautiful. Uh, I'll ask you uh, one last question. Sure. One of the main tenets of uh, Photographiska that you can see when you walk inside the building is uh, inspiring a more conscious world. What would you say is the one way that we can inspire a more conscious world or to be more conscious in this world? Um, I think photography is, is one of the greatest tools. Um, in a way it's even better than film for this purpose because the picture is always there, it doesn't move. It speaks from movement within it. but um, the film, we remember it, and then we kind of forget it. It makes an impact, of course. I'm not saying it's, it's a competition between the two. But there is something in photography that, that as, as more and more young people are making more portraits, there's a lot of portraiture going on, uh, where, where uh, we're seeing people of different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different sexual preferences, the LBG community, uh, we're seeing a normal that is so diverse, and 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 to make a more conscious, you know, world more conscious of the of the goodness of humanity and and the inclusion of everyone. If we can do more and more of that, 
And of course we need action after that. So photography is simply a, a signpost saying, you know, let's do this. Uh, and so you're, you're asking this question in terms of photographiska and, and right? And, and in terms of whatever, in just terms in of what, more well, conscious world in, in general. So then programs like what Photographiska is doing and, and reaching out to, you know, wildlife, to, to all the genres, they're not picking, you know, one, one direction, it's not one school of way of working, but they're, they're recognizing photography's broad potential. And that's what I teach from also. I teach, I don't teach self-portrait. I don't give self-portrait assignment ever. I, I deal with the history I deal with, whether it's uh, someone who is going to go on the front lines and be a war photographer, we could talk about that. Or someone is going into, you know, into the Bronx where you said you were, you were living and, and, and you're the only white person. We could look at those pictures. Or, or if, if someone, uh, you know, is, is getting married to a man to a man or a woman to a woman and, and, and what their love life is, I can deal with it. I remember a student one time passing under my office door a stack of photographs because she didn't want the class to see them. And it was her love affair with her girlfriend. And it was fantastic little sequence of, of these two people going into a room Clothes are dropped off, clothes are dropped off, clothes are dropped We're coming into the room through these photographs. And then we see them in the bed. And, and it had this, like, they couldn't wait to get inside. Uh, as that kind of work starts to become normalized, and, and we, we recognize that we're, we are just like everyone else, and that we're, the model for that is nature, trees, rocks, the planet, that we have to take good care of, then this stupid war machine that <laughs> keeps churning, that's, they have to turn, you know, they have to turn into windmills and solar panels and, and people have to start, when the COVID is done, hugging and shaking hands. That's what we have to do. I don't know, Rafael Minkin, and thank you very, very much for coming. Alexander, thank you so much. You, you are wonderful. Your questions and your, your spirit came through. Thank you. And allowed whatever good here is. Thank happen. you. That's very, very kind of you. Thank you. Suurai tähkä kõigile vaatamist ja järgmise korrani.